Oh Lord, send your spirit to move in our world. Stir the water of our souls so that we will desire a word of instruction that awakens us to the joy of your coming reign. Amen. If there is one book in the Bible that scares people, this is it. If the preacher wants to strike fear in the hearts of a congregation, all she or he has to do is say, our text today is from the last book in the Bible, Revelation. This is a book full of visions, full of symbols that we can find bewildering, ominous, disturbing, such as, well, the four horsemen of the apocalypse who appear with the opening of the seven seals that bring forth the cataclysm of the apocalypse. Or, for example, in I don't know, the 17th chapter or so, the beast with seven heads and ten horns. There is much that is strange and mysterious in the book of Revelation, but the book of Revelation is also a book full of comfort and praise. In fact, words from Revelation are the basis for the best-known part of Handel's Oratorio Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus. From the 19th chapter, For the Lord God Omnipotent reigneth. And from the 11th chapter, The kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall rule, excuse me, and he shall reign forever and ever. And then also from the 19th chapter, that King of kings and Lord of lords. In fact, if you check out the scripture index, one of the 10 indexes at the back of our hymn book, you'll find that Revelation is cited in many hymns. Uh, holy, 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 for example, or praise him, praise him, or there's power in the blood, or when we sang the other week, uh, ye servants of God. Now the early church, the early church called the last book of the Bible the Revelation of John. But that is not what John called it. Listen to what he wrote in the very first verse. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Now, the, the two first couple of verses in the book or without any official titles, but John writes with authority. His authority is not one of office or title, but that of a prophet, a prophet who's been given a message for the churches, and also that of a pastor, someone who knows and is known by the people he is writing to. By the way, the people he's writing to are the Seven churches of Asia. Well, not Asia, the continent that you find on our globes now. It was a province that we now call Turkey. And for that matter, there were a lot more than seven churches in Turkey. But the number seven is used here because seven is a sign of completeness. Numbers are part of the mystery and the symbolism in this book. And 
for that matter, the number seven is used 57 times in the book of Revelation. The third verse in that first chapter is the first of seven beatitudes or blessings in Revelation. It pronounces, I like this part, a blessing on the lector who reads John's letter in worship services of the Asian church. And it's also a blessing on those who hear it and who obey it. That is, the obey that prophetic message. One commentator noted that, uh, that this blessing is both indicative and performative language. That is, a beatitude is performative language in the indicative mood. In the indicative language, it declares something to be a fact. Declarative sentences, right? As a performative language, though, it's like I do in a wedding ceremony or I forgive you in a personal relationship. That is, it doesn't just merely describe something, it makes something important happen. Now the churches John was writing to, were they were really in need of a blessing. You see, they were living under Roman rule at a time that being a Christian meant that you were at odds with the ruler of the Roman Empire. So you were a candidate for persecution persecution that include losing your life for that matter. These churches, these Christians, they needed a healing and hopeful message from John. And now, the time has come for me to say our text today is from the first chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation. So listen now for God's word for us. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priest serving his God and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him and even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Are you loved? Are you freed? Our reading from Revelation begins with the same words that I greet you with each Sunday. Grace and peace. Then John tells us the source of grace and peace from him who is and was and is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ. The God who was and is and is to come is eternal. That is, and later in the verses it says, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. Then there are those seven spirits. Well, some believe that refers to seven archangels that are referred to elsewhere in the book, or others think this refers to the Holy Spirit, 
It's one of those mysteries, you know. Well, and the third source of grace and peace is Jesus Christ. In the fifth and sixth verses there, first John describes who Jesus is, and second he describes what Jesus has done for us, and third he reveals what our response should be. So who is Jesus? The three ways that John describes him are the faithful witness, that is Jesus faithfully announced the apocalyptic transformation, the change in history. Second, the firstborn of the dead, that is Jesus was the first person to die and rise again. Something foretold in the 89th Psalm which says, I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. And the third description of Jesus, the ruler of the kings of the earth, that is Jesus is the king of kings his rule will replace all other authorities. So first he tells us who Jesus is. Second, he explains what he has done for us. Jesus has loved us and freed us from our sin by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom, priests, serving God. You didn't get up this morning and think of yourself as a priest, did you? But we are. Because in our Reformed tradition, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. Jesus loves us and freed us from our sin. And as God told Moses to tell the people of Israel way back in Exodus, the sixth chapter, you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. But Jesus is very different from any king ever known. Most kings are like those that the Old Testament judge and prophet Samuel quoted God as describing in 1 Samuel the 8th chapter. After, remember the people of Israel said, oh, we need a king. We want a king like all the other countries, you know. Like all my buddies have boots, I got to have boots too, right? Same kind of reasoning. Well, God said, these will be the way of kings of the... Uh, of the king who will reign over you, he will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots and he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow the ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers he will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his courtiers he will take one-tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his courtiers he will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to his work Got a lot of his is here don't we he will take one-tenth of your flocks, and you, you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. Well, that describes typical rule of tyrants. Tyrants in the Old Testament times and tyrants now. And there are a bunch of them in charge in the world. They will take what you have, your stuff and your family and all you hold precious, and they will use it for their own purposes. 
but that is not the kind of king Jesus is. Taking and using are not what Jesus had done. Jesus had loved and freed us from our sin. Jesus Christ has freed us from all that separates us from God and from each other. Now the prophecy in the seventh verse we read, look, he is coming, coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. It, it, that verse recalls what was said in the seventh chapter of Daniel. I saw one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. After telling us who Jesus is, and what he has done, John reveals what our response should be. Description of our work under his reign. Well, we're to live both as members of a kingdom under Christ's authority and as priests, that is, servants of God the Father. So in response to God's gift of grace, Christ the King has called us to love God with heart and soul and mind and strength and our neighbors as ourselves. The question is, will we? Thanks be to God. Lord God of all the nations, you have revealed your will to all people and promised us your saving help. May we hear and do what you command so that the darkness may be overcome by the power of your light through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit now and forever.